Welcome to a brand new episode of Front End Happy Hour Podcast. We are often asked, what makes a senior software engineer? And really, it's not an easy thing to answer. There are a lot of interesting thoughts and responses. I actually recently tweeted this and really realized that there's not one clear answer. So I thought, hey, why why not talk about this on an episode? So in this episode, we are joined by Lauren Tan to help us discuss our thoughts and make sure we kind of try and define what a senior software engineer is. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Lauren, do you want to give us a brief introduction of who you are? what you do, and what your favorite happy hour beverage is. Hi, my name is Lauren. I am an engineering manager at Netflix, and I was previously on uh, another episode of Front End Happy Hour about type systems. Um, I'd have to say my favorite beverage for happy hour is uh, ciders. I'm a big fan of um, all sorts of different ciders, uh, but my favorite is Copperberg. Right on. I know, <laughs> and I feel like this is a miss because you told us this last time yes. and I did not have one here for you today. So That's I okay. that just means you have to come back to another episode. I'm ha- very happy to. All right, Thanks good. for having me. All right, again. good. Uh let's go around and give introduction of today's panelists. Jem, you want to start it off? Uh Jem Young, senior software engineer at Netflix. Uh Ryan Aklum, software engineer over here at Netflix. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. And Jem, actually you have a buddy with you today too. I do. This is actually Lauren's dog, so I'll let her introduce her. Uh, my dog's name is Zelda. She's a three-year-old uh, Chihuahua and Pomeranian, and she's very happily sitting on Jem's lap right now. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> you made Jem's and day. And you have a perfect t-shirt, actually. Yeah, you're wearing a dog t-shirt. Dog flicks. Dog flicks. Yeah. All right. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is? Learn. Learn. All right. If any of us say learn or learning, we will all take a drink. All right. Let's like jump right in. In your opinion, because like honestly, I don't think anyone can define this. What do you think it means to be a senior engineer? What's What do you stand out as being a senior software engineer versus just being a software engineer? I think the point I want to make first about being a senior software engineer, I think it has nothing to do with tenure and how long you've been an engineer. I think there's a lot of other qualities uh, that make up a software or senior software engineer um, and just how long you've been programming is not one of them. I, I think that's so true. I think we should touch on that is I do not believe years of experience define it. I think it's too hard because at what point is someone hitting that senior software engineer? Is it at five years or is it a couple years? Uh, the only thing that I could maybe define is I think maybe years of experience. Like maybe there's not a true number, but someone with no experience, probably not going to be a senior software engineer. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think um, latching on to the years of experience or tenure is a very slippery slope because then who gets to decide, like, you know, is it exactly five years before you're a senior engineer? But I think my perspective, and I realize there are so many different perspectives on what marks a senior engineer, but if I were to, like, summarize it into one value, I would for me, it would be, like, leadership. Uh, and I say leadership, firstly, to highlight the difference between a leader and a manager. Like, a manager is a role, but a leader is... Um, like a, a skill or a val- or a, like an intrinsic value that you see in someone. And you don't have to be a manager to be a leader. But, you know, if I hire a senior engineer on my team, I expect them to be a leader in some regard, right? Like, you know, it's, it's really about like the kind of influence that extends beyond just their own code, but also in terms of like how do you level up everybody else on the team? 
That's a great quote, Lauren. There's a difference between manager and leader. I I, uh, I think in every industry, especially software, that's lost on people. They're like, oh, you're a manager. So you like manage people, but that's not the same as like leading a project, organizing it, like writing documentation, things like that. Like that's leadership. Yeah. And there is a difference. That That's an excellent quote. Yeah. Stealing it. <laughs> uh, as far as tenure, that's, I think that's something new that came around with web development or we'll say like the late 90s. So like the rise of the internet, uh, rise of non-static uh, languages, things like that, which are a bit easier to pick up, I would say, uh, just my opinion. Because I've, I've talked to people with the, like, and the ACM, the uh, Association for Computing Machinery. Like, these are, like, the old school group that's been around since forever that were, if you're a software engineer, you were probably part of the ACM at some point. That's since fallen off. Uh, a lot of people don't even know what it is anymore. But I've talked to them before, and they're like, oh, yeah, senior engineer is about 15 years. Like, you can't call yourself senior until you have 15 years. And that's obviously not true anymore, uh, especially in the modern, fast-paced development. Uh, and... The follow-up on tenure, like why it's not a good measure, because if someone spent 10 years at one job, they're probably very good at that job. However, they don't have the experience and like well-roundedness and seeing all the things that someone who's been at, say, three jobs in 10 years or something like that. So you say like who's more senior in that in that case. So just purely counting years is not a good measurement for being senior or not. No, I completely agree. And I think the word that just kind of came up in all of those descriptions is experience. Um, and I think that to me is a way of thinking about it. it's not tenure, it's more experience. What are you bringing to the table? And it's those experiences working at maybe multiple companies or having different experiences and you're bringing different you're shedding different lights and viewpoints on how to solve a, or approach a problem. So I think experience is a way of thinking about that versus tenure. That's a great, there's a big difference between experience and tenure. They're two very different things. Uh, I think another one for me that I, th I think always what I even look for when we're hiring is communication, I think is very important. I think being able to speak to communicate with other engineers uh, as well as stakeholders, um, but also like I think Jem, you had mentioned documentation. Uh, so documentation, very important. Written communication, just really being able to explain what you're doing and like what the approach is, bringing other people along for the ride or at least uh, communicating like what we're doing and how we're approaching it. I think that to me is very, very important. I've often looked for communication when I'm interviewing. Yeah, and along the lines of communication too, I think a senior engineer is really good at articulating really complex concepts and easy ways um, and not really getting lost into a lot of the details. They can just spit out you know, a, a really tough concept for a room of different engineers of all different experiences and everyone can understand what they're talking about. Totally. That's, I've not called people out, but I see it at conferences sometimes when it'll be someone giving a talk and I'll go up later and I'll overhear them talking to someone a bit less experienced and they'll be like, oh, how does this particular technology work? The person's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then it just like works. And they didn't give a really, if you can't, they didn't give a good explanation. And I always say like, if you can't explain things simply, then you don't understand it. Yeah. Like if you can't break it down to explain someone who's not in tech at all, like explain it to uh, Zelda here, the dog. <laughs> like if, if you can't do that, then you don't know what you're talking about. That's kind of my baseline. So we, I think we talked a lot about like, you know, leadership, uh, communication and like teaching or learning. Cheers. Cheers. Long time. <laughs> Um, oh, it took I'm, a while. I'm really curious what you all think about, and I know this question is definitely going to come up, is like, uh, what do you think in terms of like technical skill is important for a senior engineer, if at all? 
That's a great question. I think, yeah, obviously we're, we're kind of talking about some of the, the skills of communication, like you said. Um, but yeah, there's obviously technical depth. I think that to me, I don't know how you describe technical depth or define that in a way that to me for a senior engineers, I want them to have a strong understanding of the technology they're working on, but also bring other, maybe other technologies to the table as well. I think sometimes, and we're guilty of this, like we get stuck on like, say a framework and we're like, oh yeah, this is a great framework. And we want to work in that framework and that's all we want to do. Well, that's not always the best approach for the problem. And I think of a senior engineer is they have an understanding of what technology to use at the right time is a little bit of that technical depth. And I I think a a good senior engineer also has a larger impact, uh, meaning, you know, they're not just solving a bug they're solving the cause of the bug and the higher level issues um, that you know led up to what that bug was, or when they're implementing a framework, they're thinking, or not implementing a framework, but they're implementing you know some code or a solution. They're not just thinking how does it only work for the solution. They're kind of thinking how can this work for other uh, things that are similar to the solution. It's almost kind of like that saying like you know if you have a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. So would you say like a senior engineer has not just a hammer, like many tools in their toolbox? I like that. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> really good. It's actually funny. I kind of go off on a tangent here, but I've been dealing with uh, Redux sagas lately, and I feel like I have a hammer. Every problem that I'm thinking about now, I'm like, oh, that's a Redux saga. So <laughs> maybe I'm not I'm not senior anymore. Maybe I've taken a step back because I feel like I have this hammer now and I want to solve every problem. That's a sledgehammer <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Could we say that being senior as far as tactical depth goes... You should have mastery of like at least one programming language. Would that be fair to say? No. Oh. I mean, yes, I, I, I do agree a little bit, but can you really say that you master JavaScript? No, like I, I will never be a master yeah. of JavaScript. There's always something I don't know, some edge case. Like I'm always, I could go to any interview and it, it's 50-50 if I pass. It's not because I'm not talented because like there might be something I just don't know. I've never... Ex- had the experience to to learn that thing. Cheers. 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 However, I would say that it's hard to call yourself senior if you don't have at least one language. You understand like the nuances at least. Am I like the best JavaScript person in the world? No, probably not even this room. However, like I'm pretty good. I can say that at least at JavaScript. And you feel comfortable in the language yeah. and know the ins and outs. And yeah. you're not even in the even in the JavaScript community. I think about it is like you're not reliant on a framework. Yeah. I mm. I know at the core of like how JavaScript works and like things that are happening like at a uh, much lower level than just simple libraries or frameworks and things like that, which I think is where most people stop. They usually stop at like, I understand how React, Angular, mm. Vue, whatever. I understand how it works and they stop there rather than like, okay, what's really going on? I think that's something that separates senior engineers from people that are just like good coders and there's nothing wrong with that too. Yeah, and I, I like this saying. I don't recall who said this before, but I've I've heard this saying that you know, uh, you're not a React developer, you're not an Angular developer, you are a JavaScript developer, right? And hopefully, the skills that you're learning, cheers, 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 uh, in those respective frameworks are transferable to different frameworks. Like you know, on my team, we actually have a lot of people from different backgrounds, like Angular, React, Ember, and they've all you know, manage to learn different aspects of each framework and that has made them much stronger developers. And a throwback to an earlier episode, the one we did on the value of conferences, uh, that's what conferences are good. It's good so that like I can go to uh, React Rally and have Lauren explain types to me. 
I'm not going to understand them at a deep level like she does. However, as a senior engineer, I have like a good overview of like, okay, this is a case where maybe we should look in the types. It doesn't mean I'm an expert at them, but it means I have awareness of general, the technology in my current language or field. And know that maybe we should investigate this more. Like yeah. this might actually be a solution for what we've been having problems with. Or I think that's a really valid point. Yeah, actually, when I was thinking about this episode, um, one of the things that kind of popped into my mind was as I've grown as an engineer, the way I've been more open to new ideas and open to feedback has really changed. Um, you know, I used to get much more defensive or much more siloed in, well, I like this framework and every other framework sucks. Um, and now that I've got a little bit more experience and learned a lot more, cheers. Cheers. I'm, I'm much more open to new approaches and new things and I don't take feedback personally at all anymore. Unless someone, you know, just call me a jerk on pull requests. I think Which I, I do regularly. <laughs> I, I like to keep people humble here. So I think we've said something like this before, but uh, I think it's one of the things we say here at Netflix, like have opinions, but not be opinionated. And like, that's if I am summing you up correctly. That that's something I would say like is a mark of a good senior engineer. Like you understand what you know, you sort of know what you don't know. But like you're like, oh yeah, I think it's this because of this and I've had this experience. However, I could be wrong and you're willing to let that go rather than Redux saga is the way yeah. to go for everything <laughs> and this is the only way and there's no other true way. Uh, I, I like that point about it's kind of like vulnerability, right? Like the ability to um be wrong or be open to being wrong or or different ideas. I think that's really important. Yeah, especially in the field of front-end development, because that's as we know, it's changing very rapidly. So what is a best practice today could become an anti-pattern tomorrow. You all touched on some things here, too, that kind of stood out for me. Understanding that you don't know everything or that you can be wrong. But I think also the senior engineer also looks to other engineers to gather those opinions. So you might be biased that Redux Sagas is the way to go. But like going to other engineers to share your thoughts and ideas on, hey, I think this is the right approach. Here's where it may fall apart. Uh, what do you think? I think a lot of that is really important too, is it's it's not just taking that Redux saga and saying, this is the best solution. I'm so biased towards it. And you can be biased, but looking for others who may disagree and really coming at it to understand other people's perspectives, I think that can be very, very useful. Yeah. That, and that's... That's really tough. And Lauren, you said it earlier, like humility is something that's really important. And I think it's a mark of a good senior engineer to understand what you don't know and understand we're like, hey, I'm, I'm not as strong in this area. Hey, Ryan or Lauren, could you could you two help me out in this? Because you, you know a little bit more than I do. I think that's important. And, and I think with the, the bro culture that we've had in software engineering for a while, like that has been less common and it's coming back now. But a lot of times people are like, oh, I, they didn't want to say, I don't know. Like, you look bad, but I think a good senior engineer is, like, they are aware of their capabilities, they're aware of their shortcomings, and that's, you build a team around you of people that can, like, balance you out. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how senior you are, you are learning all the time and learning from each other and seeing different approaches. Cheers. Cheers. Ryan, you, you posted this tweet, and uh, one of the replies from Rob Osell, sorry if I got your, if I'm not pronouncing it right. Uh, let me just read out the tweet and see what you all think. Uh, so Rob says, In my opinion, the junior to mid journey is a gain in knowledge. You learn rules, tech, how to. The mid to senior journey is a gain in wisdom. You learn how to ask why, when to break rules smartly, and how to deliver results, even if the solution isn't as fancy. Wow. That got 62 likes. 
<laughs> seven read. All right. Because that's a pretty damn good yeah. description of it. Well done. <laughs> All right. Can we just end the episode now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> we just solved that. And well done, <laughs> Lauren, for pulling that one out of there. Uh, I think, uh, and Brian, I swear you've said this before on uh, OG, right? You, on a different episode, but it's like uh, the more senior you get, the the more you look to remove code, actually. Because like the more code there is, the more bugs there are and the more indirection. And like essentially, it's like how to do as little as possible and how to be as lazy as possible and not just solve the immediate problem today. Think about like, well, this works today, but it's going to be a pain in the butt tomorrow or next week or something like that. That's a good differentiator of senior from junior. I don't think I can take credit for saying that. I don't think I've said that on episode, but hey, you know, I'm trying, to, said I'm trying to throw really your bone smart. here. I mean, I've seen Jem say on stage that you write less code. Yeah, hopefully. That's kind of the goal at the end of the day. Ideally, I would delete more code than I than I add while still maintaining functionality. Like that would be my end goal. So like cold golf basically then? <laughs> no, so while avoiding clever code. I think that someone mentioned that in the in this thread, which is really good. There's a lot of replies to it. Uh, if anyone wants to check it out. That's a good point actually about clever code. Yeah, that's actually very, yeah. like going on the technical skills because we're trying mm-hmm. to define like, and you know, I said technical depth, but that's a very good way as well is avoiding writing clever code and thinking strategically, how are you going to read this code six months from now? But how are your colleagues going to read this? And thinking about, it could just come down to commenting and being a good citizen of your code base. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, like very early on in my career, I definitely remember being very overly excited about things like, oh, design patterns, like Gang of Four design patterns. I now have to make everything an adapter pattern, you know? <laughs> and I like now looking in hindsight, it definitely... Uh, I feel I feel like it, it get, got into that territory of like clever code, trying to make the code way too dry, way too reusable, e- even at a point where there was no need for that, right? And I look at that and I see like that's a like I've come far from that, but it's still a good reflection that you know like I feel like we've all done that in our past. Oh, absolutely! Like right when you said that, I'm like, yep, I've done that, and probably still make that mistake, even though I'm like, oh, I won't do that. I probably have still made that mistake. It's funny you mentioned that because. Uh, like, I think a good differentiator is, like you said, maintainability and not not being clever, thinking about the next six months, the next year, the next two years, and not necessarily jumping on the latest bandwagon. I think a good team engineer can differentiate hype in substance, or hopefully. Uh, unfortunately, in front-end development especially, there's a ton of hype, like a ton of hype, and people jump on the bandwagon without thinking about the implementation, should they use it. Uh, if someone asked me, like, hey, Jem, you're going to use that new React Hooks API? And I'd be like, oh, you mean that one that's in alpha that is not released yet? No, I'm not going to build production code on that. What do you like, mean? You're not doing that yet? I mean, I am. But <laughs> I'm, we already converted our app to Hooks. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of something funny. Like, what's a mashup of TypeScript and Flow? Wave scripts or something. Uh, I'd say senior engineers know the value of testing and where and when to apply it. Uh there's the like TDD test everything, and that's one design style. If you go that way, uh, not a huge fan of that one, but like teach their own. But I've also seen people that write tests for everything. When I, I say like, okay, is this is this test actually doing anything? Like, yeah, you added some code, but is it necessary at all? Versus, there's people that write no tests and don't see the value in that. And I think a senior engineer understands when to write tests, when to like, ah, this we can actually get away with it. Uh, that's something we probably don't talk about too often in terms of differentiators, but the the best engineers I know like know when and where to apply tests. I always think of it as like when to cut corners and when to not cut corners. Yeah. Like mm. it, it's okay to 
cut some corners, but knowing when to invest the time. Cause like you could spend all day, every day making the perfect function. And it's like, who cares? Like just get it out the door. Like what, what value did that add? But then there's times when you want to make it sure that it's scaling properly and thinking holistically. I think knowing when to spend the effort and when not to. And that same goes for the tests is like, you can write every single line of code has a test. Sure, that's maybe the right thing to do at certain scenarios, but it may not be always the right thing to do. Uh, hearing Jim talk, I suddenly was I suddenly recalled um, this quote from Star Wars, like uh, only the Sith de- the Sith deal in absolutes, and then I feel like that's so relevant here. <laughs> oh my god, that's so relevant. <laughs> that's true, right? It's I think it goes back to that same example we used about the like if every if all you have is a hammer, then everything is a nail. Um, like it's it. What what I'm hearing is, uh, you know, there's a lot of nuance to being a senior engineer, and uh, you know, it's that understanding that not everything is black and white. Like it's not taking things to the extreme. Like I have to write tests for everything, but knowing like when you shouldn't and when you should do it. Something that hasn't come up too much is: Does a senior engineer have to be a mentor to other engineers? Is that a requirement to being a senior engineer? I don't think so because at Netflix, we're all considered senior engineers, right? And we don't do a whole lot of mentoring here. So I don't know if we would all, any of us would fit that, that bill. I mean, we do help each other out and collaborate a lot, um, but I don't know if I would consider that mentorship. Yeah, I know I saw that actually in, in some responses to the tweet. I can see how some people would say that, and I think it could depend on the company. But I I think it doesn't have to be an official mentor. You know, you don't have to be more experienced and then be working with a junior engineer to say, oh, okay, well, that's like makes you senior because you're mentoring someone um, with less experience. But I think at the end of the day, we're all helping and learning from each other. But cheers. 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 But yeah, I'm I'm with you, Ryan, as I don't know if that necessarily is a requirement. Yeah, I actually, um, slightly off tangent, I was at a conference called Calibrate for, it was such a good conference. Yeah, it's a really great conference for new engineering managers. And I recall, I don't recall exactly which talk it was, but there was some brief, someone touched upon this topic about sponsorship versus mentorship, which I think is really interesting. Uh, A mentor kind of like advises you and like tells you, you know, like the things you want to hear essentially. But a sponsor really pushes you to succeed, gives you the right feedback. And I think that's what we do a lot of in Netflix, I think. Like we sponsor each other. We don't necessarily mentor each other. But we sponsor each other in terms of like creating opportunities. Like, you know, for example, if uh, we've hired someone who doesn't have, you know, a ton of experience in React, but, you know, they're still solid JavaScript developers, maybe we create opportunities for them by, you know, uh, you know, like a new feature, we, we let them work on that, right? Um, but I, I feel like that's a, um, one of the things I think Netflix tries to do differently, at least in my experience, is like that difference between mentorship and sponsorship. I like that. I'd say also no seems to be the general, what everybody's saying. But I, I agree, no, you don't have to mentor someone to be a senior engineer. Uh, everybody has their own skill set. Some people, like everyone in this room, are like great public speakers. And like that's something, that's a skill set. Um, for us, other people are contribute to open source or some people blog or make tech videos explaining things. And like everybody has their own skill set. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever say like a senior engineer has to do this. But back to the first point, a senior engineer like has to lead at some point. Like you, I think that's inescapable. Uh, whether it be people management, if you want to be like VP of engineering or something like that, or a CTO or more tech leadership, like you're gonna have to lead at some point. 
Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean mentor, but you have to be able to convince people of your ideas and then teach them new ideas as well. Yeah, I think, and convince them of your approach too. I think yes. that's a good way to, like you kind of said, teaching them, but also helping get someone invested in your approach. I, I like this touched on a very particular story point for me. I hate when I hear from people from other companies like, hey, I proposed this to somebody uh, and they shot it down because they'd been there longer and no explanation, just like, hey, no, that doesn't work. Like that may be, but if you can't explain that to people, again, if you can't explain things simply, like here's why your idea don't doesn't work, then you didn't understand what they were proposing and you don't understand the original problem. Like just to shoot it down because you're more senior than they are is like a really flimsy excuse. Yeah. Maybe you didn't do a good job convincing them or sharing like why that approach was good. Is it that kind of what you mean? It happens all the time though. It's yeah. it's probably one of the most complained about things I hear about from like more uh, junior devs just like, uh, they just shoot down my ideas really quickly without telling me why. And that you're not, no one's going to learn anything from that. If you're just like, no, I know better than you. And just Cheers. listen to me because I'm right. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> what advice would you give someone who maybe is mid-level or junior and is wanting to grow? We talked about some of the things that help define what a senior engineer is. What are some things that you would say are worth investing their time and efforts in to grow more into that senior engineer? I'd say start with leading a project. Like it doesn't matter how big or how small, like you can say, I want to upgrade us to the latest ESLint rule, like document that out, share that broadly or something like that. Like we said earlier, like leading is inescapable if you're going to be a senior engineer and that's a good place to start. And that's what a differentiator between like a really good coder and a senior engineer is they will own something from start to finish. And like if there's mistakes, they own that. Um, if there's successes, they distribute that amongst like everybody who helps. But that's a good starting place. It's just like any small project, just like own it and say like, I'm going to own this and then uh, work from there. Another thing that I think could be really actionable is like, you know, if you work really closely with, with like your you know manager or your VP, uh, have an understanding of, you know, like what are some of the things that they need help with, right? And um, are there things that, you know, if like, for example, you ask them like, hey, if you had a second pair of hands, what would you do, right? And maybe they'll tell you like, oh, you know, there's this part of the code base that's really ancient. It's been around for like five years. No one's touched it. It's kind of working, uh, but it has a lot of issues. So, you know, like like understanding what those opportunities are, I think could be a great way to kind of step up into that role where you're no longer passively just waiting for work, right? You are taking the initiative to go figure out what needs to be fixed, what needs to be better. Um, and that could be a good place to start in your current job. I love that. Uh, yeah, we left it off the list, but that's a great point, Lauren. Senior engineers are proactive about things. It's not necessarily like, I built X feature, time to go home. It's They see an issue, it's an issue for a lot of people, and they proactively fix it. Even though there's no reward in it, there's no, like, it's not sexy to refactor old code or like write tests for things, but it's just something that needs to be done and you understand that as part of like a good functioning code base. That's a, that's a great, great point for senior engineers. I think another one too is look to your peers, ask for feedback. What are things that you could be doing better? What it does, it doesn't even have to be a, an, a senior engineer that you're asking, but that can be very helpful is, um, similar to what, uh, Lauren had suggested is going to, you know, whether it be director, manager, VP, some form of leader of like, how can you help? But I think it's also getting feedback from your peers of saying like, what could I be doing better? Where am I lacking? What could I do better on some of the approaches that I'm taking? Uh, you look, you each hopefully see your code in uh, pull requests just ask for that feedback and often like don't wait for the feedback kind of be more proactive on it 
another thing I want to highlight, and I think this depends on the company you work at. Um, there's this really great zine by um, an engineer. Her name is Julia Evans, and the zine is called "Help." I have a manager, and I, uh, if I remember correctly, there is one part which talks about promotions. So, you know, depending on the company you're working at, uh, working together with your manager on, you know, understanding what is the criteria for, you know, like how do I move from a mid, uh, mid-level engineer to a senior engineer, would be a good place to start as well, because then you can see. You can, um, you know, reflect and try to assess yourself where you are today versus where you know where you want to be. I like that. Yeah. And they're again proactive. You need to do that, like to look into that. I like that. So could we could we sum up for people who are just going to skip to the end uh, before what, our picks? Let's before summarize. Our picks, yeah. yeah. Can we can we sum it all up? What a senior engineer is. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Under the bus. Uh, I won't remember all of them, but I can say uh, we said a senior engineer should lead, not necessarily manage people, but lead projects or know how to, um, yeah, leading projects is, is good. Or even leading people. That's fine too. Uh, either one. They know how to communicate effectively. So they know how to communicate their complex ideas and distill them down and explain it to people of all experience levels. What else did we say? Humility that came up. Uh, yeah. Having humility, being able to admit when you've made mistakes and identify where approach didn't work, being open to new ideas. There's a lot of really good ones in there. Yeah, and they're not stiff. They don't deal in absolutes. Yes. <laughs> it's always about the gray. It's about the nuance. You know, under being thoughtful and not seeing everything in black and white. I think. Having technical depth in some form of expertise, like you said, you're probably not the expert, but Mm. having a strong understanding of the language that you're working in. Learning how to broaden your impact as well. Yeah, that's a good one. I think in general, like we can say like none of these are, like you said, these aren't absolutes. There's no like you cross this threshold and you're like, oh, I look back yesterday, I was junior and today I'm senior. It's just, it just happens. And these are like very abstract concepts. But I think when you're a real senior engineer, like you know it which is not helpful for anybody <laughs> trying to like get there, but it's just, yeah, I, I question myself as a senior engineer often, which I think is good. Um, but yeah, ultimately like, you know, your strengths, you know, your weaknesses and you understand the strengths and weaknesses of your team and you can leverage that to be more productive. Well done. All right. So at the end of each episode, we like to share picks of things that we found interesting and would like to share with our listeners. Uh, let's go around the table and share today's picks. Lauren? Uh, I want to start with a pick for a conference. So this conference was .js, uh, which was held in Paris this year. Uh, I was one of the speakers, and it was probably like my favorite conference I've spoken at. Uh, very interesting format, um, and some really great speakers, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my pick. So check great. out the recording, which will be coming live soon. Awesome. I'm excited to see it. And I mean, going to Paris for a conference is always good, too. Yep. Ryan, what do you have for us? Uh, so my first one relates to, I think it was the last episode where I talked about, or the, the type episode where I talked about my switch to VS Code from Vim. And one of the plugins that I've been using a lot lately is called Code Runner. And you can basically just highlight arbitrary code and run it. And it'll give you the output in your console in VS Code. That's pretty sweet. It works with a lot of different languages as well. It works with JavaScript, Groovy, Java, uh, a number of languages. And believe it or not, my second pick is going to be Redux Sagas. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> to hear that. And I actually had this pick before we talked about them on the show. But 
yes, go check out Redux Sagas if you're using Redux. Uh, these are actually a pretty powerful concept. Uh, and it's basically just a, a middleware that sits on top of Redux. And as dispatch actions are dispatched, it listens to them. And uh, you can do arbitrary things to your actions. And it's all implemented as uh, generator functions, which makes it super powerful and super expressive. Awesome. Jim, what do you have? Random question in the middle of picks, sorry. Is asking the difference between an async function and a generator in an interview, is that valid JavaScript interview? Like mm. in, in 2018, is that a good question or not? Before everyone answers, what value do you get from the answer? I'd like to understand their tactical depth, maybe. Not saying this is something I ask, but I'm curious if that's a fair question or not. I think I would ask someone why they would pick one over the other. I like that. And give an example of, you know, where you would implement one of their one of them or something like that. That's a good answer. Yeah, I, th I think if it's for a very Java spe JavaScript specific position, I think it's valid because it. I, I'm imagining more like you know if it's like a more generalist role, then maybe that's too much into JavaScript specifics. But uh, if it's a JavaScript specific role, I think it's a fine question. Yeah, like I would also ask it the same way Ryan would. Like you know, what are the differences? Uh, why would you choose one over the other? Uh, what are the pain points if you know like that these bring you over a regular function. Thanks, everyone. Sorry, you get the full stream of consciousness here. <laughs> uh, I have three picks today. Uh, the first pick is a Netflix original, The Haunting of Hill House. It is, I'm not a horror fan at all. Like, uh, and this is a pretty scary, just like a warning for everyone. I'm too scared to watch it. But yeah, so I, I don't do scary movies or shows. Like Jem, I'm not a horror fan, but I really liked it. It was good. It's I, I'm almost finished, but I can already say like it's it's fantastic. Uh, I watch it at the gym because you know I, I'm scared just like everybody <laughs> else. I I would not recommend watching it before bed. You will do yourself a disservice. Um, but it's fantastic. Uh, it's really worth checking out, even if you're not into horror. Uh, my second pick is an album that I randomly came across called uh, El Mal Carrer. Sorry, my Spanish is rusty. Uh, it is all in Spanish, 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 not uh, Mexican Spanish, as most people in the U.S. are familiar with. Um, by uh, an artist named Rosalia, but it is just fantastic. It, it's it's like one of those albums that like hit me in the right place at the right time. It's not something I would normally listen to, but it's worth checking out. Just a totally different um, like genre of music than I normally listen to, but it's pretty good. And my last pick is a sci-fi book called The Fifth Season. Um, see Ryan nodding, nodding his head. I'm, I'm reading it right now. It is amazing. It it is fantastic. For those who don't know. Um, it won the Hugo Award. So there's three wow. books and all three of them have won the Hugo Award, which is like, I don't I don't know what you, the Emmys for sci-fi books. It's like the, the most prestigious mm -hmm. thing you can get for a sci-fi book. And is every single book has won, which tells you something about the author. I, I won't give anything away, but it's worth reading. I definitely second that pick. It's a really, really good book. I'll have to check it out. All right. Since React Hooks came up, <laughs> if you're very interested in learning just a quick uh, introduction to what React Hooks are and why they're applicable and why you might want to use them, our good friend Harry Wolf has a great video series that he is always talking about what's new and great in JavaScript land. He has a really good video on React Hooks. So I, I highly recommend checking that out if you're like, what are they talking about? This is perfect. 
Harry does a good job explaining it. He does. Also, like, go a step beyond and figure out, like, why you shouldn't use React Hook. He has a couple videos. The first one is the introduction, and then I believe the next one is a little more in-depth on it. So in, like, eight minutes, you get the introduction, and then I believe his next week was a little more into why hooks are good or not. I, I can't remember. They might be, I might be combining them a bit, but at least you have a high level of understanding on why you might want to use hooks. It is an alpha, just uh Yeah. I, I was at Facebook the other day and they did say the next, I think, patch version will probably have hooks in it and then the next full React 17 will be something completely different. So it's it's like fairly safe, but however, as always, it is an alpha. Things change. Yeah, I'm not saying go use it, but it's good to have a good understanding of why you might want to use it or start to think about maybe why. So that's something since it came up in this episode. I'm like, hey, this is a perfect time to plug that. And then I I saw an interesting TED Talk the other day. It's called How I'm Fighting Bias in Algorithms. Uh, really, really great talk and, and made me think about us as engineers building algorithms and, and thinking about this is like, yeah, we can be putting our bias, whether it be in diversity or just the way our thoughts could be actually applying into these algorithms and, and we should be aware of it. And so the speaker, uh, Joy, she does a very good job of kind of like just making you think about that. And it's a great talk. So I highly recommend watching that. Before we end the episode, I want to thank Lauren for joining us again for her second episode. It was a pleasure again having you on. Where can people get in touch with you? Thanks for having me. Um, the best way to reach me is on Twitter. My handle is sugarpirate with an underscore at the end. Right on. Where can people get in touch with you, panelists? Jem. I'm on Twitter, uh, at Jem Young. Ryan? I'm bittersweetryan on Twitter. And I'm at Burgess D. Ryan on Twitter. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to Front End Happy Hour podcast on whatever you like to listen to podcasts on. And you can follow us on Twitter at Front End HH. Any last words? Saga's rule. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to learning more. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.